You were called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You are not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Welcome, everyone. We love you. (laughs) Calling followers of Jesus to radical faith and secular culture. That is our heart. That is our purpose. We are currently in a nice theater in basically downtown Minneapolis. It's called the Music Box Theater. Absolutely downtown. downtown. Yeah, it's super, super cool. Kind of one of those old school theaters. And uh, we're on the stage here. We're doing an on-location podcast. This is part two of a, of a two-parter. Uh, the first part was we need Chad to... Chad is glowing. I am, like usual. We need usual. to take more risks. The second part is we need to see more riots. I'm looking at David <laughs> with this kind of annoyed Beyonce yeah, face yeah. <laughs> because I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought, it's what is Beyonce, Beyonce doing in our podcast? Well, That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, it's That's because weird. it's like, you now there's no excuse for not constantly interrupting. Or, well, if you weren't so boring, I wouldn't have to interrupt I just said all not the time. Constantly wow, interrupting, wow. Which a little father, fatherly, sonish feud. Yeah, yeah. It's like a family feud, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, there you have it, uh, the Provoke and Inspire podcast, part two. Uh, like I said, we discussed You Need to Take More Risks, <laughs> which was a theme inspired by Chad's book, 1,000 Risks. Uh, what's the tagline again? 1,000 Risks, Fighting Fear for an Awkward, Awesome Life with Jesus. There you have it. So you should go check that out um, because I think it really were, will inspire you to take those Holy Spirit-inspired risks and to start seeing God moving powerfully in and through your life. And And if you listen to that podcast, I think we— we kind of looked at uh, various different reasons why people are apprehensive to take risks, uh, whether it's a lack of faith that stems from not having a true intimate relationship with God, uh, whether it's pride, so just not wanting to look foolish or, or the fear of man. Uh, there's aspects of it where it's just bad theology, where, where you simply don't think that uh, it should cost you something to follow Jesus, whether that's your reputation or maybe even your life. Uh, and, and then kind of ended with the idea of, Ultimately, isn't it about being in tune with the Holy Spirit, really reacting to the promptings? Uh, and, and I really think the constant dynamic dialogue that, that God wants to have with us, if we'd be willing uh, and tune our ears to that. So uh, go check that one out. Um, you can always listen to any of our previous podcasts uh, by going to comeandlive.com. Uh, you can find it there, all of our content. But of course, uh, on social media, you can find the links there as well. But we're on iTunes. Just search Provoke and Inspire. Uh, and please do rate, subscribe, and review our uh, the order of that was a bit weird. But uh, <laughs> rate, subscribe, review. Yeah, you might want to subscribe. Rate, subscribe. Then review. you can rate. Then you can review. Then you can preview, redo, <laughs> reinsue, reignite, re relive yeah. the dream, reinvest. Yep. Yeah. So do all the re's. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, but now we are going to move on to the second part Ooh. of our. Hey, just. It's legit. Relax. I don't want to do tranquilo, tranquilo. I have something. We need, yeah, I get we need more riot stories. Don't panic. Uh, we will get to the second part of this this theme. We need more riots. But before we do... I don't want to be a missionary, man. And... <laughs> David's Random Story. Well, I really wanted to, to uh, not do the random story before I explained how this morning... Bum, bum, bum. I was thinking... Again, inspired by Chad, because have you ever noticed how Chad's always got this kind of Glow. strange smile on his face? Glow. The smirk. You know what I mean? I'm just always bothered by the gloves he wears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's... An, 
<laughs> it is a bit I, odd yeah, that is. I'm always but anyway, donning so boxing gloves. I just thought it was because of some uh, condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. So I was. Yeah. I thought I'm going to be friendly with everyone today because Chad's <laughs> like that. It's like. You know yeah, what I mean? I know it's, it's like obnoxious. Going out with, it's He's like, like Captain with, Planet for It's like going out with your grandma Captain or something. I thought, I'm going to be friendly. This is true. This morning, I thought, <laughs> I'm going to be friendly with everyone. Oh, man. So, I don't know. And I thought, and I'm, and it's like freezing. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It's not you gonna were going to be friendly with everyone? Was that what, what you were going to do? Yeah, because normally I'm not. I normally just have this like. Get on with it! So, I saw this. I go to the to the parking lot. I'm somewhere. And this guy gets out of the car. I go, Wow, how do you like this spring weather? And he just looked at me with this shocked look, and he got in and locked the door as quickly as possible. And then I, and then I went up to someone else, and I said, Hello, lovely day, isn't it? And, they, and then they acted like I was invisible and just walked away. And, uh, and then I went to, and I go up to someone else, Hi, uh, nice, it's cold, isn't it? And they looked at me, What do you mean? So then I thought, forget it. I'm not what do be you friendly. mean? So then you thought, I don't want to be a missionary. Yeah, so, so it didn't go so well. No. But I thought I would talk about, um, since the podcast is going to be about riots today, I thought I'd talk about a, a, an example of a bad riot. So I had a friend, his, he was... Uh, Nigel. I, I can't say his name because I don't want to get him in Oops. trouble. Did I give it away? But uh, he, would, he would go, he, when he was in university, he'd go to the, the airport. Uh-huh. Oh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Cool. Weird, isn't it? Just and hang he'd be, out. He'd be in this. He would get. He would get in a wheelchair. Act like he had to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> And then these friends of his would push him into walls and stuff. <laughs> and he'd be going like, "Help me, help me!" And then they'd push him into a wall. That's terrible. <laughs> and that then he'd terrible. Like, fall over and he'd be crawling to like <laughs> to the wheelchair wow. to shock all these people. Wow. That and is then you shocker. know, I don't know. That's just, but that's what they would do for yeah, fun, yeah. right? Okay. So. So one day he was he was doing that, and uh, all of a sudden these guys that were just came that were ke- in the military uh-huh. came off the plane, and so they oh, no. saw him like oh, no. <laughs> being shoved into the wall in his wheelchair. Oh. He's going, "Help me, help me!" So all these guys in the military just started beating the crap out of his friends, <laughs> started like punching them, and so he just like gets up from his wheelchair, starts <laughs> walks. running down the airport. And it's like, he's healed, and he's running down the airport, and all these guys are chasing after him. And they all came back to school the next day with black eyes. Yeah, and I bet up. they did. And so that's an example like, of, yeah, the seven sons you know, of, of a riot that was probably not a good riot. That's a riot so. gone awry. A yeah. riot gone the <laughs> wrong riot. direction. Not to be mistaken for the bread. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> anyway, Wait, so was there you it? have it. <laughs> that okay, was, that's great. Yeah, that was oh, I think that deserves a. No, hey, huh? That was a great <laughs> random riot gone awry. Uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on to the serious, and useful don't, part. I don't think anyone should we copy that. Riots. You know, if you've heard heard this and you go, "I want to do that," don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. don't do the wheelchair. Let that be uh, the reverse creation you so desperately need. Wall crashing. Oh, man, this is podcast two that we're going to do today. Yep, we're going to do we six. By the sixth one, I'm just going to be like, what did I miss you? I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth, and that's okay. That's when it gets fun. So anyway, moving on, we are going to talk about We Need More Riots. This is right in David's wheelhouse. He's all about the riots. He's a rioteer, if you will. Yeah. Is that a word? Is that a verb? Who knows? Yeah. It is now. Either way, David, what do you mean by this? Why does the church need more riots? And I assume you don't mean that. Well, you might mean it literally, but surely there's a broader sense of well, what you mean by Well, first of all, that. don't call me Shirley. And secondly, 
<laughs> we, we okay. Whatever. We Go we on, need, Gwendolyn. <laughs> we, the, whenever you see God move powerfully, you know, one of the things that, that I want is I want to see more of the power of Jesus outside of the church. And, I, and, I, and so, but whenever I see how when Jesus moves powerfully, there's riots. And, and so I think if we want to see more of God's power, we're going to have to see more riots. Because whenever there's, in the book of Acts, wherever you see God move in great power, there's a riot. And so that's why I think we need more riots. Okay. So, I mean, if I can take a stab at, well, adding to your definition of what that is. I mean, isn't it really what you're, what you're saying is that when we live a life that actually is radically obedient, and, and even saying radically seems a little bit strange because it's probably just obedient, right, in the true sense of the word. Yeah. It, it is going to be countercultural. It's going to be confrontational. It's not going to make everybody happy. And so, so maybe this is a dramatic or literal way because we've seen some literal rights and maybe you should share a story about a literal right in a second. <laughs> um, but this is a reflection of living radically, living an obedient Christ-like life in culture. Uh, it's going to happen. You're going to rub people the wrong way. It's going to cause some confrontation and some riots even. So David, what are some actual riots that you've seen and or been a part of? Or actually caused? Well, um, you know, my one of my first riots was back in Amsterdam when we started out. When, I like the phrase "one of my first riots." <laughs> yeah, like, like well, there's a true statement. There are but anyway, a plethora so, of riots. So, one of our first riots was uh, back in Amsterdam when we first started, and we had a, a church in an old barge behind Central Train Station in Amsterdam, and it was Queen's Day, and our band was playing on this uh, bridge. Yes, the day and of so the Queen. So there's like thousands yeah. of people, and and uh, we're inviting people uh, to our church. And uh, just as we were getting ready to finish the last song, a bunch of anarchists, left-wing anarchists came, and uh, one of them smashed the, a beer bottle over the drums, and he held his, you know, bottle up to my face, so, yeah. but he actually the cut broken his hand, glass. so he's, his hand was bleeding wow. from, the, from the glass. And uh, so, basically, I, I said, how many of you in Amsterdam want to follow Satan? I know, I thought I would say something provocative. And so all these <laughs> people are, are cheering about how they wanted to follow Satan, and it <laughs> attracted this huge crowd of people. And, um, and then we were, basically, after that, we were attacked. Uh, they, they took... Wait, wait, so it just ended with, how many of you want to follow Satan, and then you got attacked? <laughs> no, well, no, okay, I mean, I, mean, no, I... <laughs> I, pre- I, I told him, you know, that I, that I follow the one who created the world and how he wanted us to have a good world to live in, and I explained the gospel, and I talked about okay. how Jesus, if he came into Amsterdam, he probably wouldn't be staying in a five-star five hotel yeah. or driving around in a Mercedes, right. but he'd be with the people on the streets and how he cared about injustice. And I yeah. talked about this lie that people believe in Amsterdam that if God exists, that he doesn't care about our suffering. And how he proved it by sending Jesus to rescue us. And how Jesus was not another prophet or teacher or guru, but how he, was the, he really came back from, from death. And so because of that, I can be set free. Yeah. So I was preaching a really strong message. And the result of it was, a, and when I spoke, I, I really felt God's power in my words. It was like I felt electricity coming out of my mouth, really. It was so, I felt such power in my words. Wow. But the result of it was they attacked us. And they took knives and they slashed the tires of our van. They smashed our equipment. Two police came. They told me to drive away. 
And I had, you know, I had locked our bass player in the back of our van, and I told everyone to run away, and because our Whoa. bass player was 16. Oh, so I was gonna <laughs> say he seemed like a particular sissy. Well, in he's, that a ba- he's, a, he's a bass player. Yeah. So, oh, 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 there you have yeah. It. And anyway, as we're driving away, people are just. I had dried spit on my face. Wow. Our equipment is all smashed up, and everyone was laughing at me. You know, and they're like, "Jesus," you know, and I, I was thinking you know, are you really strong, God? I mean, I was willing to take a stand for you, and I felt your power. I mean, honestly, I've never felt so much of God's power. Mm. But here I am. All of our stuff is destroyed. I have all this spit on my face. And I felt like Jesus was saying, if you want to see my power in a powerful way on the streets, it's going to cost something. Yeah. Mm. And soon after that, we saw a breakthrough in our ministry. You know, those same guys who attacked us came to our boat where we had our church. They came with weapons to stop us, but the presence of God came. They couldn't even move, and a whole ministry was raised up in Amsterdam reaching the anarchists and the, and the radicals because we were willing to have this riot. Because the Well, we weren't willing this, because of this riot, because the word got out yeah, everywhere yeah. about what was happening, yeah. and we saw a movement, a real movement, that not just impacted Amsterdam, but, but much of Europe during the so you could scene. you could even argue that we are here today at least in some part yeah. because you were willing to endure and go through that. Well, I wouldn't take credit for that. I think you guys would be doing it somewhere else. But but yeah, I mean that was the birth of of Steiger for yeah. sure. Yeah, and and it had and that was just one one example. But I think we've become so domesticated in the church. We've become so so nice. Yeah. That we don't, you know, if we want to see a re- reformation happen, it's going to require some riots. What, what, I, what I think is, is weird, you know, and often I find this to be true in, in many different situations and conversations in the church, is that how, how have we gotten so far from the biblical examples that we're supposed to be following? I mean, you know, you think about things like the prosperity gospel, and it looks nothing like Jesus or any of his, of his followers or the early church at all. Um, or you look at, at the kind of the result of the, the radical obedience of Jesus and his early followers, and, it, and it, the result was opposition. The result was persecution. The result was their death, right? And, and so I just don't understand how we, you now take this to our 21st century culture, and there's such a, even in the church, I think there's this, there's this sense that, you know, we need to, how can we, how can we just be, you know, in perfect step with the world, or how can we not cause any, you know, ruffle any feathers or, or even a riot would seem antithetical to, to God's love as, as if, if, you know, God values peace above the truth. And, and, and what I see is, of course, it's motivated by love and the, and the desire is not just sort of this violent means to an end. And I don't even think you're talking about violence because in, in your case, it was, the violence was against you. Yeah. But, but I think it's a recognition that when we're really following Jesus in, a, in, in the way he desires for us to follow him, it, it's going to, stir things up. It's not going to be well received. And and why would we look at the example of someone like the Apostle Paul and, and all of that he experienced in this list of trials that he endured, and yet somehow have this mentality today that if we cause any offense, well, it must be because we're culturally insensitive or we're, we're not doing it in the right way or we need to contextualize the gospel so that it doesn't cause that offense. I think that's a radical departure from, from the, the kinds of examples that were set before us. Well, I think conflict is a sign of a successful ministry, actually. Well, define what you mean by that. Well, what I mean is that because it's countercultural, because conflict we're standing... 
What? Conflict with who? With the, with the culture, with okay. the, the culture that, that wants to destroy people, the culture that wants to keep people from hearing the truth, whether it's political, whether it's religious. And, uh, you know, like you said, Paul, the way that he said the, the proof of him being an apostle was all the conflict that he had gone through, all the things that, because to follow Jesus has always been countercultural. And I don't know how it now it's become part of the culture. It's actually... Um, that somehow, if we're following Jesus correctly, everyone is going to love us. Yeah. Right. I think that there's something to be said about the, the reality that most of us as Christians would see risks and riots as synonymous with we don't want either. <laughs> right, so right. give me life with Jesus without risks or without riots, because that's, and that's partly why the prosperity gospel is so compelling. Because guys, I can live in total safety, and everything around me is kind of uh, oblivious to me, and I can live in this. But, but one of the, the verses that I, I so love is Matthew eleven twelve that says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. There, there's something, you know, even Jesus saying, I came not to bring you peace, but a sword. Right. Like, there is this, like, well, this really violent imagery in the New Testament that's not violence for the sake of violence, but violence for the sake of, of God's kingdom invading the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of darkness and disrupting all of that by giving us the ministry of reconciliation so that in the disruption, People are built up. People are drawn to God. There is revival. Right. There is a turning and an awakening. And so I, I love that, David, your story, because it, it points to the riot happens not only for the, not just for the sake of a riot um, and, and that experience, but for an actual awakening of people's hearts. Yeah. And man, it's, yeah. it's huge. Well, I also think that, so you have the, of course, you have the prosperity, the subtle prosperity gospel that would, would be antithetical to risks and riots. But I think you also have this compromised Christianity, which is, you know, it's maybe it's not overt, but there's universalism, there's shades of universalism. It's more, it's really more humanism than it is Christianity in the sense yeah. that it's more about loving all people, not imposing your views on people, not imposing your culture on people. And, and of course, there's varying degrees of how committed people are to this ideology. You have people that are very, you know, they just state it and don't apologize for it. But I think there's many more who kind of have subtly adopted this. It's kind of this privatization of their faith. Yeah. So it's like, I, I'm cool with believing what I believe, but it rubs me kind of the wrong way when, when people are starting to kind of get in there and mess with other people's views. Right, right. Thinking that that's kind of a loving thing, when in reality, that's just imbibed from the culture, which is to yep. say, hey, it's relative, man. Let me, let me believe what I believe. Just yeah, it's, it's cool. cool as long as we don't conflict, yeah, as long yeah. as we don't butt heads. Right. I think if you take the Apostle Paul and you put him into this context— he would be, it doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't fit. No, he doesn't fit. And there'd be a lot of Christians who, you know, removed from the history and who he is. If he was just like, his name was, you know, Craig and he was doing what he was doing today, he would be, <laughs> the oh, Apostle be this, Craig. you know, fundamental, culturally insensitive. Like, how right. dare you? I mean, Paul gets radically saved. What does he do? He goes and he goes to the very synagogues, yeah. talks to the very people who crucified Jesus. And he says, you are responsible for crucifying the, the Messiah. Yeah, I mean, how culturally sensitive yeah. is that? Right. You know, and, and so I, I just it's don't like see. A death wish. I think we need to be honest with the things that are influencing our, uh, the thing that's make makes us want to distance ourselves from rights and, yeah. and from risks. And I think part of it is the culture that we've absorbed into our faith. Yeah, agreed. Well said. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I don't think you have to just talk about. I mean, obviously, just talk about Paul. If Jesus was was walking the streets today, you know, like he was 
few thousand years ago, what would they, how would we respond to him? You know, yeah. what would the religious establishment, what would the political establishment, I think we would be amazed at the riots yeah. that, w- that would ensue. But again, it's not, it's not us being violent to other people. No. It's not, no that's no. not at all what I'm saying. But it's, it's when, you are, when you are a true Christ follower, it is so countercultural, it is so radical that it's going to cause a reaction if I'm really boldly presenting it. And, you know, with a broken heart, you know, with yeah. God's love, but it's going to have a reaction. Yeah, like John fifteen nineteen, right? If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. I mean, wow. those, are, those are pretty strong words. And I think as a Christian culture... We have to, to some degree come to, the, to peace with the idea that we're not going to be loved. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be perfectly liked. We're not going to be perfectly palatable. And again, to emphasize what you said, David, this is not about being um, arrogant or prideful or rude. You know, we need to have all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We need to have that operating in yeah, full effect, absolutely. all the while knowing that to be of Jesus in many ways means to be hated by the world. And we have to come to peace with that a little bit because if, if our goal is peace above all else, then we're going to compromise the message. And we yeah. have to, you know, we can't speak truth if we don't have a broken heart for the people we're speaking to. And it's yeah, not, absolutely. It's, I mean, it always starts with, a, you know, whenever I do a show or I'm getting ready to speak in a, you know, to, to non-people that don't know Jesus yet, I'm always saying, God, give me your broken heart. Let me see people through your eyes. It's not about... To be honest, it's usually not the people that you're speaking to that are hungry to hear the truth. It's the it's the establishment. It's the the religious people that you have your most trouble with, you know. And 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 but if you're if I I think that we have to be willing to not be popular on social media. We need to be willing to have people spit on us, um, if in order for people to to hear about Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's that's the the radicalness that has been lost. I think in a lot of followers of Jesus today. Yeah, I remember I was, I mean, one of the riots that I experienced uh, was actually in Albania, uh, and we were we were on tour, and it was the first show of this tour. Uh, we work with these amazing Albanian pastors, radical men of faith, uh, and we pull up into this city square, and, and you know, the, the city usually assigns us where we're supposed to play, so they tell us, you know, we're going to play right here in this square, and it's facing a mosque, like directly across the square. Wow. And, you know, we are, again, emphasizing that we are not trying to be needlessly confrontational. We're not just trying to be harsh or contentious or, or try to cause a fight. But we are there to tell the truth. And it's very much against the spirit yeah. of that country. I mean, it, in this town specifically, is very Muslim town. And it's, um, you know, a Muslim country. Uh, and so... We set up, we ask our pastor friend, you know, are, is this okay? You know, sh- are we, should we maybe go in a different spot or maybe <laughs> face slightly to the yeah. left or something? And he's like, no, and it's cool. This guy's a radical Yeah, guy. yeah. And this is an Albanian. So this isn't some, yeah. you know, dumb American coming in here. This is the Albanian pastor saying, no, this is where we're supposed to play. Um, and so we played and we preached and we, we told people who Jesus is, that he's not a prophet. He's the son of God and he died and rose again. You know, not exactly PC things to say in an in a Islamic yeah. culture. Um, and we got off the stage, and this angry, I mean, he must have been about 5'2", short little dude, uh, came right up to our, our big German guy, who was like maybe 6'5". It's kind of a weird person to single out. And he starts <laughs> yelling at him, sort of at his chest, not really at his head, sort of at his chest. He's like, 
you know, why are you here? You know, we're Albanians and we're Muslims and why are you telling these lies? And he gets all of the people that respond, about 150 guys, he draws them to himself, brings them, gathers them back at the mosque and, and they start chanting back and forth. He's leading them in these, this, this really intense, hostile chant. And the two police that were there in the square looking at us were like, you guys got to get out of here. I mean, if they, if they come right, at right. you, we're not doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah. can we do? Exactly. So we lo- I locked my wife in the van. We locked the other girl that we have in our van. And, and the rest of us guys pack up our, you know, we got a huge setup. I mean, yeah. this, we're fast at packing down and setting up. But, man, it, it's not a, that it's, fast. It's no. a 50-minute deal at least. Yeah. So we just prayed and, and packed up and, and we got out of there. You know, and, and, and in telling that story, I think a lot of people would say, you know, how, how could you be so insensitive? How could you be so confrontational? And yet I think that is often the price of being bold for Jesus. And, yeah. and I, I think unless you just choose to reject the examples of Jesus, the examples of Paul and, and the early church leaders— if you want to distance yourself from that, you can. But otherwise, I think we need to accept that that's sometimes part of the part of the deal. Well, and I don't think we're going to see Reformation until we are willing to pay that price. You know, you're not going to see the Middle East reached until we're willing to give our lives for it. And, uh, you know, I don't say that lightly. I mean, we've been in Iraq. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, we'd ask people, local missionaries, so how can you preach and, preach here? And they'd say, you can't. But we knew that God had called us there to not be silent, you know, that we had to speak. And so we did. And uh, it was amazing. And the people that responded, it was incredible. And they were so, thank you for coming to Iraq. We want to hear this message. And, and all these people, and I don't know, we're hopefully going to be able to go back there again sometime. But, you know, because of ISIS and all that, we weren't able to go back in recent years. But I'm telling you, we got we to gotta take more risks We in, in terms of, and understand that if to be, if we're going to really tell people the truth, you're going to have a backlash, you yeah. know, from the principalities and powers that want to stop you, you know. And I, and it's it's often uh, the religious people that re, that come against you the most. It's ironic because the the only two near riots that I've ever been a part of were with No Longer Music in the <laughs> Middle East. <laughs> well, you need to so, come on more tours so you can have yeah, some yeah, riot do, stories. Yeah. But in both of those cases, like you described, Ben, there was one kind of main instigator that seemed kind of like the ringleader, the yeah. riot leader. And, and this guy, you know, in both cases, two completely different cities, two different years. And, and in both cases, this one person is really trying to agitate the crowd to gain the, the, the trust and the, the, the passion and the angst of the crowd against the band and against the preaching especially. And in both of those cases, even though one of them was threatening to cut our heads off and threatening to, to shoot us, in both of those cases, the main instigators by the end of the night both gave their hearts to That's Jesus. Right. Yeah, it so amazing. it's interesting that the two times that I have seen near riots uh, where the people who are screaming loudest and who are like most agitated are the two people that that are kneeling literally kneeling on their knees in the middle east before jesus inviting him to be their savior and to be their everything so it says something to that point of the fear of man you know if we allow the fear of man to dictate our our decisions and our steps and the words we say Mm. then of course we're going to shy away from any kind of opportunity where there could be um, an angry crowd, but but it's amazing how Jesus yeah. just can turn that around. Yeah, and I, I think we, I think well, we should be hungry to seek God's power, right, in our lives and in, in, in the life of our families and our communities in our world. We should want to see that, 
Um, but I, I think we, we look at the life of Paul and we, we maybe want his miracles, but don't want his riots. Yeah, we exactly. don't want the cost. We don't want the shipwrecks and the, the lashings. Yeah. <laughs> the lashings. Oh, really? Especially when you say it like that. I couldn't help but put on my Jack Black lashings. there. Lashings. <laughs> um, you know, we don't want that. We don't yeah. want the cost because we, we're comfortable. Yeah. We're happy. And it's easier to kind of conform and to pick an easier Jesus uh, that doesn't require risk or has the potential of riots. But then yeah. I think we also sacrifice the incredible adventure that God has called us to and the, the incredible impact that we're supposed to have. We're not supposed to just live for ourselves. We're supposed to make a difference in a, in a big way. Um, but that's going to come at great cost, I think. Yeah, and, we, and God's a good father. You know, he's yeah. not going to—he doesn't take you from nothing and then put you in front of the Albanian mosque where they're all, you know, chanting and— he takes it's in small steps, right. you know what I mean. So you were you were taking years of steps of faith, uh, Ben, before God put you in that situation, right? And and the same with me and the riots I've been involved in and that kind of thing. It was God took me there step yeah. by step by step. So if you're listening to this, you don't have to get freaked out and go, oh man, you know I don't think I can handle it. It's about taking the next step. You know, but it's but be not being afraid of the confrontation, and it might mean you know talking about Jesus at the bu- on the bus, you know, and 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 maybe someone's going to laugh at you. Or, but the point is when you are when you are taking these steps and you're going, I am not going to deny Jesus no matter what. That's when things start to happen, and then if God asks you to be in a riot, a literal riot. He's going to be there with you. You know, the times that I've been in literal riots, I have never felt so much of God's power in his authority. Mm. It's not because, you know, it's, he's with you, really with you. And it's, it's a privilege. You know, I understand what Paul meant when he said what, that all the stuff he went through was nothing compared to the privilege of following Jesus like this. And so we are missing out. You know, on, on the amazing, amazing life God wants to give us if we're not willing to have some riots in our life. Yeah, and so, David, maybe for the listener who is, like, trying to wrap their heads around, like, for yeah. I think in some ways for us we can hear risks and riots, and it, it, it's fairly routine language, or we've heard a lot of these stories. For someone who's listening to this, and like, wait, this is the craziest thing ever. Just to clarify, you aren't saying we ought to go out and instigate riots for the sake of riots. You're saying we ought to follow Jesus in obedience wherever he leads us and open our mouths to share the gospel. And when riots follow, we know that we were promised those. Is that right? Or am you're I not out, you're not, you know, none of the riots I've been involved in have come because I thought I'm going to start a riot. <laughs> <laughs> it's come by obeying Jesus. And it's always been about proclaiming the truth in it. Not, and again, not in a, Again, the, the problem uh, is not usually a, the, the people that you're telling the truth to. It's other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. They're <laughs> hungry. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's because you're standing up and you're, not a lot, you're saying, I'm not going to let people not hear about Jesus yeah. and then see his love. And it's, it comes out of a broken heart, you know? And it's going, but I'm still going to obey. Yeah. And, that's, and then the riots would come, but then God's power like never before and some of the big, biggest breakthroughs I've ever seen. And I think, you know, how many people are going to miss out on these incredible breakthroughs that God wants to bring in your life because you're not willing to, to let there be some riots in your life? And a lot of people talk about spiritual warfare as it's some theoretical thing, but it's not. No. You know, when did it become just a theory? We think, you know, uh, spiritual warfare is just prayer, intercession. And you know, if you've listened to our podcast, how much we be- seeking God is like the core of what yeah. we believe. But when did spiritual warfare just become symbolic? It's like, 
you have a great time of intercession and you, and you go, wow, wasn't that great spiritual warfare? You know, and you have a cup of coffee. And you think, <laughs> oh, that sounds that wasn't, good. Yeah, that you know, it's like, take one. Is that or, an invitation? Or you go to a city and you march around a city and you pray over the city yeah. and you don't do anything. And you think, wow, look at the spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare involves real warfare. And, and it says in the Bible that faith, faith without the shield, what quenches, all the, <laughs> what quenches the fiery darts of the enemy? The shield of faith. And faith without works is dead. Yeah. And so real faith is always going to involve works. And, and if we are boldly bringing Jesus into the culture, it's going to cause riots. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just to, maybe I can wrap it up with this. I mean, you know, our <clears throat> Come and Live's heart is to raise up artists, a uh, hundred artists who would proclaim the gospel to a million people annually. Uh, and, and I think as an artist... Can, if, we, can, can you say that one more time? Because I feel like, I feel like that, like, man, we don't pause on yeah. the fact that our vision... Yeah. Is, what's our vision? We want a hundred artists who are proclaiming the gospel to a million people annually. It's crazy. Uh, you know, and the thing is, you know, that sounds like, whoa, you know, that's great. That's, that's a big lofty goal. But I think, first of all, that's nothing for God. I, I think that's, you know, I think we're going to get to heaven and, and realize how, how much we, how little <laughs> we took advantage of what God wanted yeah. to do through us um, because of him. Um, but also, as an artist, you have a unique opportunity that you're on a platform. And, and Lord willing, God would give us artists with this kind of heart with a big, big platform. But it's a battle, right? It's a right, battle right. to be bold. It's a battle to be clear. It's a battle to use that platform to tell the truth. And so our heart in Come and Live is to get these artists, to get around them, to, to be a community for them and with them, um, to pastorally care for them, and, and to send them out so that they could take their own risks and possibly experience their own riots uh, to to present the in, in presenting the gospel to people that desperately need to hear the truth. And so if you're listening to this, there are risks and riots that you need to be taking every day. And again, as David said, it's not necessarily the big dramatic ones. It's not about the size of the risk or even the magnitude of the riot. It's, it's about being obedient today, right? Yeah, as I yeah, step out of, this, right. out of this theater, what risk is God putting on my heart to take? Yeah. Uh, so it's for everybody. But if you're thinking, man, I want to get behind, you know, I maybe won't ever get on a stage and be able to present the gospel for 5,000 people, but there are gonna be an, there's going to be an artist in Come and Live that will, and you want to support that. We have something called IGSOL, and it's I give so others live. Uh, and it's your way of saying, I want to join in with this community. I want to contribute in this way. And, and of course, we need your prayers. We need you to take your own risks and, and experience your own riots. But maybe you need to be giving so that we can support these artists, so we can send them all over the world, so that we can reach a million people annually for the gospel, so that we can see the world changed through these artists that, that, that God brings us. So if you want to be a part of us in this way, go to comeandlive.com slash IGSOL. We want to see 118 new IGSOL members, members yeah. in 2018. Uh, and uh, Chad, do you got anything to say about that before we wrap up? Yeah, just that that as you consider supporting us in that way, that that you are supporting a vision that's now nine years in the making, and that God has been with us over this season. And come and live, joining with Steiger is evidence of that. That there was a time where the, God was doing beautiful things, but what He's been doing and giving us a heart for training artists and challenging artists and helping them reach people outside of the church has just been like like God breathing fresh wind in our sails. And so, yeah, please consider being a part of our story by joining Igsaw. It's huge. Yeah, that's what we need. That's what we want. Igsaw. <laughs> Igsaw.
There. So if my words and Chad's words didn't convince yeah, you, yeah. that super low cool dude did for sure. So anyway, thanks for listening. Send in your comments and or queries to Luke at Steiger.org. Yeah, if you want to be saluted, Luke at Steiger.org. Yes. So, so in the meantime, in your, we salute your... you, Craig Levington, <laughs> baker of the breads, listener of the tunes. <laughs> David's like, that was huh? so stupid, which is so hypocritical because all you do is say random things. I do not. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Broken Spire podcast. More riots, more risks, more riots, more risks. Subscribe. Woo! Rate and review. Subscribe. Rate. rate review. Subscribe. All right. That'll do. Thanks Talk to you next time. <laughs> Peace. The official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.